And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Called Churches, and founder and president of STAND. Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. And I am he. Great to be with you again today, folks. Hope you're having a wonderful day today. Uh, let me say right off the bat, because I know that many of you watch my podcast in the morning, E.W. Jackson for America at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And this morning, I did the podcast with no sound. <laughs> so <laughs> I apologize to those of you who were watching and wondering what in the world was going on. I did get a heads up, but by the time I got the heads up, it was too late. It's that is completely my fault. Unfortunately for my podcast, I don't have the likes of Randy and my call screener and people around me to make sure all the buttons are pushed and all everything is working when I'm on my own. My technical deficiencies sometimes emerge, uh, but I, we, we've gotten that correct. <laughs> we will be, I will be right with you again tomorrow morning at 8.30 a.m. Uh, for E.W. Jackson for America. You all pray for me. We got calls from all over the country, but they didn't come into me. They came to other people saying, does he know the sound's not on? Uh, so I'm gonna, tomorrow I'll give you a number to call so that I will be sure to get, if there's anything going on technically that I'm not aware of, uh, I'll give you a call tomorrow morning so that you will know exactly how to get to me directly. And I'll know, okay, we've got a problem. Uh, all right. Well, with that out of the way, that little piece of business out of the way, tomorrow there's going to be a best of on the program tomorrow. And so I'm going to treat Thursday like it's Friday and we're going to make this First Amendment Thursday today, and I want to start taking some calls earlier than I normally would just to give you a chance to talk about everything that's going on, everything that's been happening this week or everything that's happening, period. Of course, tonight's the night uh, when Title 42 expires, midnight tonight, and we are expecting an onslaught. I mean, we're already encountering over 10,000. I had one reporter said the number is probably closer to 15,000 people a day. I mean, folks, just, just again, just think about that. 15,000 people a day. That's, a, that's 150,000 people every 10 days. Every 10 days. And so you've got 450,000 people in a month. In 10 months, that's 4.5 million people. In what, uh, since that's almost, uh, I think I'm doing my, my math correctly here, aren't I? Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, again, that's six, seven, seven million people. Um, in a in a year, you, know, you figure four point five, add another, add another million, five point five, six million. And by the way, remember that number only includes the encounters. That number does not include the getaways. And we, I, folks, I, I have never witnessed anything like this. I, I really haven't. 
Uh, this, this is unprecedented. And I, I would simply say this. Uh, we don't understand what the impact and the implications are for our country because we've never seen anything like this. This is worse than any, any population influx we've ever had in our country, including when the Irish first began to come in large numbers, the Italians first began to come in large numbers. Uh, those two groups particularly, it was nothing like this. Again, they were coming on ships. And over a period of time, it was a large number, but nothing like what we're experiencing now. Nothing that's causing the kinds of dislocation and, and hardship and instability that we see happening. I mean, when you got Chicago declaring a state of emergency, you got the New York mayor trying to shuttle people off to the counties because he said, we have reached our capacity. We don't have any more room. And these are supposed to be sanctuary cities, by the way. You know, everybody's welcome. Yeah, uh-huh. Until you really start to feel the impact of this, this open borders policy, then all of a sudden you're, you're squealing like a hit dog uh, claiming that it, this is this is just too much and something's got to be done, but you don't want what needs to be done to be done, which is closing the border. I don't know what they want because they certainly none of them has said we got to close the border. No, that that's not what they're saying. Oh, we've got to reform the system. The system is broken. Donald Trump broke it. I mean, this is intentional, folks. It is intentional. It is just that plain and simple. This is an intentional effort to destabilize the country so that this is this is Solinsky type stuff so that you can remake it in an image that is more in keeping with your radical leftist values. I mean that's it, nothing else makes any sense. They could have simply kept in place the policies that President Trump had and we wouldn't be facing this, but instead they dismantled them all. Did a lot of that, unfortunately, to the great detriment of our country. I mean, President Trump had a, a China project to closely monitor and investigate Chinese espionage and the efforts to infiltrate our country. And when Biden came in, he closed that down. No explanation, but I suppose it's because it's racist. Speaking of racist, by the way, apparently the Communist Chinese Party is very fond of caricaturing, caricaturing people of different racial groups uh, when they are communicating with the Chinese about issues with regard to, say, for example, India they, and, or Africans. They caricature them. As I said, and, and I am not exaggerating when I say this, I believe this to be true. I believe this to be true. Now, you know, we could we could debate and maybe somebody can be, give me some evidence to the contrary. But I really believe that China is the most racist nation in the world. Because I think they have an official policy that the Chinese people are superior to all others and all others are inferior. And therefore, China really should rule the world. I mean, that is racist through and through. And they have a hierarchy, by the way of which racial groups fall, fall, how far beneath the scale, but they are at the top far beyond any of the other racial, racial groups they name. They are a racist nation. And I don't, I'm not saying every Chinese person is racist, but I know the regime is racist. And that's what they're inculcating in their people since they've got complete control over the media, complete, complete control over everything that people see and hear. Of course, they're teaching them 
that China should rule the world and every, because everybody else is inferior. I mean, it sounds just like Adolf Hitler. Germans should rule the world because everybody else is inferior. I mean, this is, this, is, this is nuts. And yet the very people who accuse our country of being white supremacists, when nobody has that mentality in our country, we don't, in fact, we don't want to rule the world. We just want the world, just leave us alone. Let us live. We want to live at peace with everybody. We don't want to rule the world. We certainly want to have influence because there are evil forces out there and we don't want them to carry today. But we're not interested in subjugating and enslaving people and we want everybody serving us. I mean, Americans don't think that way. But the Chinese regime does. And yet, this kind of dangerous thinking that you would, and, and, and the freedom of our country that allows them to more easily infiltrate our country than we ever can theirs, you would think would require vigilance. And yet, the Biden administration came in and turned that all off. Because we're the racists, after all, and monitoring communist China, is, that's a racist thing to do. No, we don't want to do that. I guess we'd rather wait until they put a nuclear bomb in one of our cities, and then maybe we'd we might wake up at that point, but before that, let's not be racist. Back in a moment. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. I want to get some of your calls in during this segment, probably toward the end of it. Let me introduce a couple of other topics, and then you may introduce your own as well. The number is 888 888- That's 888-589-8840. So look, they're expecting the numbers of people crossing our border to get as high as 30,000 a day. And again, as I've said before, that would be 11 million people a year. 11 million people a year if we start getting 30,000 people a day crossing the border. And if Biden is in office for two more years, that's 22 million more people, not to mention all the people he's let in already. And some people estimate he's let in 10 million already. So now we're th- talking 32 million. That, now we're talking a 10 percent increase in our population since Joe Biden took office. All of it illegal. Uh, I haven't heard anybody else say this, folks, but it needs to be said. I, not even President Trump has said this, but it needs to be said. We are going to have to bite the bullet, and the world's going to call us all kinds of names. In fact, the, the, the justification for having an open border is if you, if you are against illegal immigration, you're a racist. So they're going to call us racist. But we're going to have to look at mass deportation. We're going to have to look at a real crackdown that says we're going to find you. And we're going to put you out and we're going to make it so hard for you to stay here that you're going to self-deport. Because you see, if we don't do that, they're going to keep coming. They're just going to keep coming. And that's what's happened in the past. Every time. Well, we need amnesty. Well, we need we need reform. Every time there's any indication of softening. They just flood the borders. I can understand they're wanting to get here. I I really can. Who wouldn't want to come live in America? And these leftist idiots who think this country is so bad ought to take a look at what what the world thinks because there's a reason why they want to get here. But they can't be allowed to do it without going through the legal process 
because we as a sovereign nation get to determine who comes, how many, from where, not the world. Uh, This stuff is, Ronald Reagan used to say, you know, the answers are simple, but not necessarily easy. But the answer to this is very, very simple. You secure the border. In fact, I'm in favor of making it a felony to cross illegally into our country. Not a misdemeanor. It's a misdemeanor now. Making it a federal felony to cross into our country. Subjecting you to summary deportation, unless there are other crimes that you may have committed, in which case you go to jail. I mean, say, well, but that'll fill the jails up. Look, you know what? The moment people get the message that that's the new American response, believe me, they're going to stop trying to get across the border and a lot of them are going to leave because they'd rather live in whatever circumstances they were in free than get locked up. But it's got to be clear. It's got to be across the board. It's got to be consistent and it's got to be sustained. And once we do that and do other things like building a wall and, and beefing up the border patrol and giving them cl- a clear mandate Nobody is to enter our country illegally, and if you're claiming asylum, you will do it in your home country or you will do it in Mexico. You will not be allowed in the United States of America on a claim of asylum, period. If your claim proves out, okay, we're a compassionate country, we can let you in. But what we're told is that not 10% of the people who are claiming asylum are are actually entitled to it. They're not suffering any persecution for religious or, or racial or um, political reasons. I mean, they, it, it's, they're dealing with poverty. They're dealing with, with crime. Well, you know, a lot of people in our country are dealing with that too. You don't get to just bum rush our country because the circumstances of your life are not great. It just doesn't work that way. 888-589-8840 is the number. Here's one lighter but, but more important thing I'll mention, then I want to come right to your calls. I found an article in which, which was written um, by Amy Hall, and she said that in, a guy wrote her telling her what happened when his company started requiring that they show their pronouns. You know, companies are doing this now. You know, you do a Zoom call. You know, you have any kind of public persona. You're listed. You got to list your pronouns now. And he refused to do it. Here's what he said. Here's what he wrote to his employer. He said, I appreciate the goal of mutual respect and creating a welcoming environment for everyone. My desire is to be respectful of everyone. The expectation to display my pronouns asked me to accept a premise that I cannot accept, namely that my pronouns could be different than he or him. It is an ontological claim about the nature of reality and I hold a different view. I'm not asking those who are transgender to accept my view of reality, but I am being asked to accept theirs. I can live and work with respect toward anyone with differing beliefs than my own, including my transgender workers. Can I be respected in my beliefs that differ on the nature of gender and identity while affirming the human dignity of every person? And the employer said, it's not mandatory. You don't have to do it. Yeah, I just thought that that was a, just a very wise answer. I wouldn't use the words transgender, but I, that's a very wise answer. Because, look, that, that's the question, isn't it? Because right now, what they're saying is, 
if you are a gender-confused individual, if you're a homosexual, then you get to impose upon others your demands for exactly how they are to respond to your sexuality. Because that's what this boils down to. Oh, so I've got to call you they. I've got to call you Z. I've got to call you, might as well call you Legion, frankly. But, but whatever. Even though I don't believe that you are a Z or a they, you might be a Legion. But, but again, that's not, the, that's not the name they're trying to adopt. But I've got to bow to, to that. This, folks, we are in a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego moment. There is no question about it. And we got to say to the king, uh, emblematic of the powers that be, no, we're not bowing down, period. 888-589-8840. Every issue's on the table. Let's get some of your calls in. Let's go to Jeanette in Louisiana. Jeanette, welcome. Uh, hi, this is Jackson. Nice to talk to you again. But I was calling about the coronavirus and that mm-hmm. um, there was that was something that was a setup and for the windy election and the ones that love and know God, the spirit told us that they was going to try to destroy the United States. So the reason why Biden didn't do nothing because he's involved with China. And I was saying that all along. So now it's coming out about his involvement mm-hmm. with his son and getting all that money. And then I I didn't mention I forgot to mention this that uh, Bill Gates has said um, uh, Wesley Wildman played this recording where it said where uh, Bill Bill Gates said that the world was overpopulated and he knew how to get rid of some of the people was with vaccines and shots. Yeah, Jeanette, thank you so much for the call. Yeah, Bill Gates has got some rather bizarre ideas. I have not heard that one. But there is no question in my mind that he really thinks, once again, he's some kind of demigod. He knows what's best for the future, He like he made the earth. And he wants, he wants to get rid of, I haven't heard him suggest that using these things to do it, but it wouldn't surprise me if he said it, but I haven't heard that. But he wants to get rid of three billion people. He thinks the earth has three billion too many people on it. Thanks, Bill. You're the one we'll turn to for that kind of sound counsel. Let's go to Sharon in Kansas. Sharon, welcome. Hi. I haven't listened all week, but I was just trying to get caught up on why do we have to have an AI czar and what is the responsibility? And I'll hang up and listen to you. (laughs) Thank you, Sharon. Well, you know, Barack Obama started this czar deal. Uh, actually, I think there may have been a president who created one prior to that, but Barack Obama just went crazy and had all kinds of czars doing all kinds of things. Um, as far as I am concerned, we don't need another government bureaucrat to deal with this. All we need is wherever this stuff impinges upon the national security or the the individual liberty of the American people or where it, it the government is misusing it, We need the Congress, we need the courts to step in and monitor this stuff. Uh, But we the last thing in the world we need, in my view, is to create another government apparatus. And Frank, to tell you the truth, folks, from my perspective, we're more more likely to be abused by the government's use of AI than we are by the private sector. 
I mean, big tech, for example, uh, I wonder would they be as dangerous as they become if they hadn't been colluding with the Biden administration and colluding with the government? So yeah, I, 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 here again, the Biden administration, they believe in power. Uh, they believe, in my view, in absolute control over everything and everybody. I, I really believe that that's the dream of the Democrat Party now. Their dream is to control everything and everybody and to bring everybody to heel on their perspective. Everybody has to agree with whatever bizarre ideas they have or you're going to be punished. I mean, look, we know family members of, of Joe Biden receiving millions of dollars from communist China, from Ukraine, from who knows where else. And we haven't seen a single prosecution this guy Santos, who is, by the way, nobody to recommend. But what is it? In four months, they've got him prosecuted, indicted, and ready to bring charges against him. That tells you something. It's not about law and order. It's not about doing what's right. It's about getting and keeping power. We'll be back in a moment. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Folks, I guess I'd caught, I had caught that uh, Biden was appointing a czar uh, for AI. I didn't realize that the czar he's appointed is, is uh, Kamala Harris. And first of all, talk about an oxymoron. You shouldn't ever use the word intelligent in the same sentence with the name Kamala Harris. That's number one. Uh, but number two, uh, I, I, I'm not sure what that means because she is such a complete incompetent that as far as I am concerned, Joe Biden has done virtually nothing. So I, I'm not even sure what it means at this point. Remember, she's the czar over the border. How's that working out for us? Uh, the other thing I want to just mention before I come right back to your calls this guy, George Santos, do you think it's a coincidence that he was indicted on the day that all this news was breaking against Joe Biden and his family? I mean, nine members of the Biden family have received a total of $10 million that we know about. $10 million. And nobody can yet explain what for. And the mainstream media won't even touch it. See, this is what I mean. You lose confidence. I, I'm no defender of George Santos. Uh, I, I don't I don't like or respect the guy. But you lose confidence that the criminal justice system is actually pursuing legitimate prosecutions for the commissions of crimes as opposed to pursuing a political agenda in, against those who are perceived as its enemies. That's what communist countries do. That's what fascist countries do. That's what banana republics do. That's not what the United States of America does. But yet, that does appear to be exactly what's happening in our country. And I mean, Donald Trump right now has been the, the, the primary target for... It, it, folks, it just makes you just lose confidence. You hear about somebody, particularly in the realm of politics... On the on the right or conservative or Christian being a t uh, 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 legally 
attacked, prosecuted, sued, and you just kind of go, yeah, okay, well, there they go again. Because you just don't have any faith that any of this has anything to do with substantive facts or the law. It has to do with their desire to get somebody that is in their way politically. So I think George Santos, and I mean, again, he, he may have committed these crimes. I don't know. But I think it's awfully convenient that he happened to, uh, they happened to announce the indictment against him on the day when all the news was breaking against Joe Biden and his family. 888-589-8840 is the number. Let's come back to your calls. You've been waiting very patiently. Randy in Louisiana. Randy, welcome. Hey, Bishop. So I just got some, I uh, guess, encouragement for everybody, for those who are unsure. Hey, I call my senator or my representative. I never get through whatever. Well, a few months ago, I called, left a message about a particular issue. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had someone from their office call me back and just wanted to get further detail about what I had, what I wanted to say. Uh, basically, I gave them an earful, a lot of things that are going on. Uh, very respectful. I uh, just let them know, hey, this is how I feel. This is what I want my uh, representative to uh, move on these policies. And it was really great to have someone call me in return mm-hmm. and just, you know, reach out to hear, hey, this works. So I just want everybody to know, hey, you know, you got several hundred thousands of people. It's hard to get to everybody, but the system does work. I can tell you uh, my representative does care. And maybe some things I don't agree on, but they're at least listening. They are trying to do the right thing, and it, it's really good. So trust in the yeah. system. So, and when you hear All these right. people say, "Oh, the system's bad," no, system's not bad. It's the people working the system. So we have to make sure we hold their feet to the fire. All right, Randy. Thank you for the call. I just read uh, George Washington's notes from his uh, first inaugural sermon. He didn't use these particular words, but he did write them, and he talked about boundless ambition and corrupted morals. You're right. Our system of government actually works. But George Washington said it wouldn't work if it were overwhelmed by boundless ambition. In other words, the thirst for power and corrupted morals. And that's what we're facing right now. So point well taken, Randy. Thank you. Let's go to Cornelius, also in Louisiana. Cornelius, welcome. Hey, Bishop, boy, I'm really enjoying it. And the people are right on spot. I was just telling you, call screen, I'm going to start off with this. Illegals and AI will replace us. So that's what I want to start out with. (laughs) But it's a shame what we're going through, Bishop. I was a military police officer. I was trained in what they call NBC training, nuclear, biological, and chemical. What the communist Chinese have done, they were two colonels. They call it unrestrictive warfare. Mm -hmm. And what they do is, they hit us with the biological, with the virus. And that was to destroy Trump. And it almost killed Trump. Matter of fact, my dad wrote a letter praying for Trump. And Trump wrote him back, you know, once he got out of the hospital. So I got a letter from President Trump. Good. And I've been American. And that proves he's not a racist. But the next thing is the chemical attack, which is the fentanyl. And the last thing is this illegal. They're communist Chinese coming across the border. All these railroad yep. things happening, all these food processing plants blowing up and everything. This is sabotage, and the FBI is doing nothing about it. 
Wow, Cornelius, you you laid it out, um, and you're right. Uh, I, I've read various books on how China approaches things, and that is exactly what they are engaged in right now. They are at war against the United States. It's just not a hot war, but they're doing everything they can to undermine us. They're stealing our, our technology. They are inf- infiltrating and invading our colleges and universities. And by the way, uh, with with the proviso that when we give you money, you may not say anything against communist China. That's part of the provision for all these Confucius Institutes and these grants. You know, they, we've we've the name of the Harvard Public School of Health has been changed. With it now has a Chinese surname because they got a ton of money from a Chinese national, and that was the understanding. It always is. You may not speak against the Communist Chinese Party or, or Communist China. And so even with COVID, that's why you had so few people willing to acknowledge that this thing came from China because they paid off so many of our people, they bought their silence. So you laid it out very well, Cornelius. They are indeed engaged in unrestricted warfare against the United States. You know, Sun Tzu said the best way to fight is to not to have to fight. In other words, never have to fight a a hot war. You just get the enemy to surrender before they even know they've been under attack. Let's go to Charles in Virginia. Charles, welcome. Uh, Howdy, howdy. Uh, First time caller. um, Great. I want to speak about uh, taxes and immigration. And I hope someday, by the way, you'll give a dissertation about the uh, Johnson plan back, his Great Society plan. Mm. But anyway, my, my taxes went up last year 21.5%, this year 10%. Normally it's about 5 or 6%. I'm thinking it's because of all the immigration. I asked my people at the uh, post, our uh, tax office about this, well, you know, police need a raise and firemen need a raise. Now, how about the schools and all these apartments they're building here in Chesterfield is ridiculous. And, uh, and I know a lady called yesterday about that, yes. but I'm just—I'd love to hear your comments. Are people around the nation are their taxes going up all this bad, all this much? Is this going to support Biden's uh, immigration plan, or what's going on? All right. No sense going up that much. Hey, man, <clears throat> I agree with you, Charles. I look, my wife and I felt it too. Um, Biden keeps saying that he's reducing the deficit and he's reducing taxes. But all I see is increased tax bills coming through the door. Uh, so I, I don't know what he's talking about when he says that. And, and the American people don't either because we know what we're feeling. But I'll tell you one thing, far beyond what we've experienced in his two year, the two years of his administration, the bill for all of these illegal immigrants is coming due, folks. It is coming due on the local, state, and federal level, and it is going to be humongous. Back in a moment. Back to The Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. Folks, I'll tell you, you asked me a question about immigration and taxes. I could really go to town on that because I don't think I've ever shared this with you all, but I'm, I'm really a proponent of the consumption tax. 
I believe we ought to do away with the IRS. The IRS should not be combing through the finances of the average American. We should be paying our taxes as we purchase goods and leaving it at that. And that the IRS doesn't have to know how much money you made or where it came from or any of that. You pay taxes as you purchase. And by the way, for those who think that's so dramatic and you just, how would that ever work, is a very simple way to test it. You enter into an agreement, the federal government enters into agreement with a state, one state or two states to try it. You, you work out a limited uh, universe of effort. You tweak it. You figure out, okay, how does this work? Does it bring in the same amount of revenue? Uh, how difficult is it to implement? How difficult is it to enforce? You could work out all of those problems to see, is it truly workable in a small universe? And if the states that do it say, you know what, this has been great. We don't have to file tax returns. We pay our taxes as we go. It gives you control over the amount of taxes you pay in the sense that if you don't consume, you don't, you don't get taxed. That means you can put money in the bank that supports investments. I, mean, I think it would be a boon to the economy, but I think it ought to be tested before we implement it nationwide without knowing exactly what the results might be. But we got to get rid of the IRS and that, that whole onerous apparatus, the 87,000 IRS agents and all the armed IRS agents for what? So don't get me started on the tax stuff, folks. 888-589-8840 is the number. Let's get back to your calls. You've been waiting very patiently. Mike in Texas. Mike, welcome. Yes, sir. I am he and he <laughs> is I. Hey, check this out. Did you watch the debate last night on CNN? I don't watch Communist News Network. <laughs> Trump was on there. And he I, got I, so I, disrespected. Oh, of course. I've never seen any, any president treated like that. This lady wouldn't let him complete a sentence and kept saying over and over again it was not rigged, the election. Uh, it, you know. it, it just, it's just insane. I've never seen any, any president treat. Can you imagine if you talked to Obama like that? Oh, oh, my goodness. You'd be run out of the country for, for being the biggest racist on the planet. Uh, but you, are you not surprised, though? Are you, Mike? You're not surprised. I, actually, I am. I was more because I thought Trump. He's a smart guy. He wants to get, you know, some of the CNN voters, too. He wants to try to turn some people around. I get it. He won't normally, he's not going to show up at the rest of these debates. But what's funny is everybody in the crowd was asking him very respectable questions. They were all Republican or undecided voters. Nobody disrespected him except for that host. She wouldn't yeah. let him complete a sentence. Kept cutting him off. Worse than I've well. made Megyn Kelly look like a saint. Well, Mike, listen, thank you for the call. I saw excerpts from it. I didn't have a chance to watch it. But I will say this. When I ran for office 10 years ago, um, my campaign manager and I were talking about dealing with the press. And he said something to me that I will never forget. And this applies in several orders of magnitude higher. But he said to me, you don't understand, Bishop Jackson. He said, they don't just disagree with you. They hate you. They hate you. And I thought, what? He said, yes. They want to destroy you. And, of course, they hate Donald Trump a whole lot more than they hate an E.W. Jackson. Let's, let's be clear. So we shouldn't be surprised. Let's go to Art in Virginia. Art, welcome. Well, thank you, Bishop. I, I want to say I really appreciate your fervor and your love for the country, your love for the Lord. 
Thank you. Uh, my what I want to say though, what I want to say though is uh, I was watching something the other day, and it had to do with it was it was an interesting thing on continental shift. But the um, the guy was producing it. I mean, he was he was talking about about evolution, and as if it's fact, and this is the way life began, mm-hmm. and all this. Well, the thing is with evolution, if you don't if you can't reproduce, then you don't make it. Okay, yep. if you can't if you can't reproduce your own kind, then you don't make it. So how does that jive with the LGBTQ or STUV movement? Because they can't <laughs> reproduce, not naturally. Hey, Art, listen, thank you for the call, my friend. And the question, you ought to ask that to them because they're big believers that there is no God, that the big believers in evolution, I wonder what they would say. Because you're right. I've said if everybody on the planet practiced their lifestyle, we would be dead in a generation. Every human being would be gone. So based on their theory of life, that's it's suicidal. Thank you for the call, my friend. Let's go to Justin in Louisiana as well. Justin, welcome. How you doing, sir? Thanks for having me on. I just want to make a quick this just hit my brain that uh, why would we have the border open as such and then make it even more bad, but then also say we're going to ban guns? You know, guns don't kill people. Mindsets kill people. But think about it. The border's open. but it get a bit worse, possibly, or I hope not. But then you're going to say ban guns. So that, that, that's like counterintuitive. But then you give, give money to another country to protect itself from war. So I just want to leave that and get off. (laughs) Thank you for calling, Justin. Look, let's be clear about something. This is not about your safety, Justin. It's not about protecting the American people. In fact, did you all see the the um, press conference that might? Well, actually, I think he showed up as the at the press briefing and he was asked by a reporter, how does this immigration policy and how does what's going on at the border, how does it benefit the American people? How does it in any way help the American people? He didn't even answer the question. He just said, we are a nation of immigrants. And then he went on pontificating. And basically you could translate what he said with in this way. I don't care what it does to the American people. It's That's irrelevant. This is what we want to do. This is what we're going to do. So you see, disarming us is really just another indication that all they want for the American people is to be subjugated to their power and control. That's that's it. That's all. They don't care what happens to us beyond that. As I've said, just like Satan, better to reign in hell than serve in heaven. They just want to be in charge, even if they're in charge of a dystopian, anarchic, uh, 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 destabilized third world nation. They want to be in charge of it. They want to have the power. That's what matters to them. Let's go to John in Kansas. John, welcome. Good afternoon there, Bishop. I do appreciate your show so much, and God bless you for all you you do. I've been listening to many a report on China. China does not have the land or the means to feed their people the United States has been sending them, I don't know how many billion barrels or, uh, I guess, bushels of wheat to feed their people. Way to, way to uh, raid in the Chinese people is 
stop sending them all their all their wheat and, and beef and chickens and stuff like that. Wow. Um, look, thank you for the call, John. We we cannot feed the beast that wants to eat us. And folks, I'm not suggesting that you know we somehow try to starve the Chinese people, but I'm making a broader point. We cannot strengthen and empower a country that wants to destroy us. And we've done that now for a generation almost. Remember what the theory was? Oh, China's going to become more like us. Yeah, well, they didn't. And we've got to stop depending upon them. And we need to start having them in a position to be depending upon us, whether it's for food or other things, so that we've got the leverage instead of them having the leverage. Let's go to Michael in Alabama. Michael, welcome. Uh, Yesterday you were speaking on uh, one reason they're letting all these violent criminals out is they want gun violence to go up so they can justify gun control. I think another part of that plan is uh, they want people to give up on the local police forces. That way they can have the excuse to bring in a federalized police force like Canada and Mexico has. Yeah, Michael, look, again, I think anything that concentrates power in their hands, I think you're right. I think they they would happily go along with that, even though they're supposed to be, you know, anti-police, defund the police and all that. But when it comes to them having control over a police force, I don't think there's any doubt whatsoever they'd be happy to have it to control the American population. These are sad things to have to say, folks, but they're absolutely true. Tyrone in Oklahoma. Tyrone, welcome. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. I just want to make a statement that uh, President Obama has stated that Biden uh, before the uh, he elected as vice president, that he, he had been wrong on every uh, decision based on foreign affairs, and I think we know that's why why he uh, why Biden was incorrect because he had incentives to probably lining his wallet with money from these foreign countries, and also the woman who made the deal about uh, Bill Gates. It was on TED Talk what Bill Gates talked about reducing the population with vaccines Mm -hmm. and other Mm -hmm. things. So I'll I'll just hang up and let you go. All right, Tyrone. Thank thank you for the call, Tyrone. Uh, By the way, Tyrone, what Obama's actually reputed to have said, I can't repeat on the air, (laughs) was what he actually said, according to well-placed sources, never underestimate the ability of Joe Biden to blank things up. That's what he actually said. And so he didn't apparently didn't have any respect for Joe Biden's ability. I think it was it was a former secretary of state, if I'm not mistaken, who first said uh, his name slips me at the moment. It'll come to me who first said want every foreign policy decision for the last 40 years. Joe Biden has been wrong on every single one. And by the way, folks. Let's give it to him. He's consistent. Oh, yes. I mean, you know, he's he's marching right along the same trail right now, doing exactly what's been predicted based upon his past behavior, getting everything wrong. Well, look, that's going to do it. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll be at my church at 943 Canal Drive in Chesapeake. 
If you're looking for a church where the word of God is preached without apology and applied to the issues of the day, stop by. I'll be there. In the meantime, you stand up, step up, speak up, refuse to back up because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.